So you were uh, you were able to watch the whole game last night? I watched all of it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. My uh, my sixteen uh, year olds a uh, uh, Jimmy Butler fan, therefore a de facto uh, Heat fan. So, uh, <laughs> and then my nephew's a uh, Celtics fan, so they had actually 20, oh. 20 bucks twenty bucks riding on the game. So uh, <laughs> nice starting early. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. Get a, get yeah. a nice early start on it. <laughs> yeah, sixteen and seventeen year old betting on a game. My God, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, your boy's uh, he's happy today, I guess, because yeah, he got yeah. a little extra extra little jingle jangle in his pocket. That's it. That's it. He says, yeah, "Gambling's easy, man." <laughs> Why wasn't I doing this when I was eleven? This doesn't retired Why? already. Why am I working? I could just be making twenty bucks a game. You're right. <laughs> That's right. I don't know why more people don't do it. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, if you're ready, I'll go ahead and count us in and uh, we'll get the sucker started. Let's do it. All right. There we go. At least I think so. There we go. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. That's right. You get the horn show. Tad and Jeff here. Welcome, everybody. You want to welcome our global audience tonight. Welcome. Yes. Excited to be in. able to have people on uh, on board with us. And again, we say it every week. The army grows literally every day. Um, yeah, we had a million views of our content in the last uh, couple of weeks. So yeah, it's, it's uh happening quickly it's growing fast uh so if you're joining us for the first time welcome you are in the right place yeah uh, definitely so in the right place yeah. <laughs> yeah so we got a whole bunch of stuff to cover uh for anyone new to the show we cover all kinds of different stuff there's no telling what topics we're going to talk about a lot of sports but a lot of current events different things in the news crazy headlines stuff we find interesting facts uh we know ahead of time the topics for the most part that we're going to talk about but we do not know uh, what each of us are going to say about them. So we just know these are topics up for discussion. And then we kind of find out in real time what, uh, what we're going to be saying. So uh, with that having been said, I guess we might as well jump into the top of the rundown here. The Miami heat win last night against the Boston Celtics and the NBA finals are now set. It's going to be the Miami heat and the Denver nuggets uh lots to talk about in this series man what'd you think about it what'd you think what a series right i mean it's three nothing and then man the celtics just uh come back one game at a time that last game oh the game before game seven. Oh my goodness gracious Ugh, you want to talk about heartbreaker little controversial uh the foul uh, that al horford did on uh jimmy butler you know, I'm watching the game and like I, I, I'm, you know, watching it with uh, with my kids and, you know, I see I, I thought at least I saw two point one seconds. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, it did something <laughs> else and look up and I was like, when did they put three seconds back on the clock? Yeah. And, 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 and you know, my oldest is like, no, it was always three seconds. I was like, 
I don't know. I don't argue anymore. <laughs> I, you know, it's and, and look, I'm not going to rewind it to see if I was right. I, I didn't right. care. Uh, okay, maybe. So then I start, you know, after the game, I, I uh, start looking through, you know, TikTok and tweets and everything else, and and then lo and behold, they did put 0.9 mm-hmm. seconds like back on the game. So I, I don't know. I, I guess. Um, that, I don't know. Of course, the NBA came out and said, hey, we got it right. Um, who, who's going to argue with them? Uh, it definitely looked like it should have been minimally like 2728, um, which wouldn't have given Derek White enough time. But, man, I, this is when I think I, I realized that I'm just getting old. And it, it, it's fundamentals for me, man. It's fundamentals. <laughs> it always comes yeah. down to fundamentals. You have to put a body on the inbounder. You cannot let this dude go straight to the basket. And I'm yelling that. Like, as I'm watching the game, I'm yelling at it. Watch the inbounder, right? Yep. So, but then, yeah, this second game, this game seven. Whew, man, the Heat really. How about the Heat? They said uh, they didn't even buy tickets home. They were going straight from Boston to Denver. <laughs> yep. The cojones on them. <laughs> yeah. Good for yeah. them, man. Eight seed. Uh, oh, man. I, I knew I wanted to bring this up. So do you realize that Boston has now had two teams in the same year lose to an eight seed? <laughs> The Boston Bruins, who actually won the President's Cup, loses in the first round to an eight seed. And now the Celtics. I saw that and I was floored by that. I mean, what a weird time for sports in in Boston. You know, it's like it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was the best of times until you get to the the playoffs apparently for yeah. at least the Bruins um, Celtics, man. I don't know. That's a lot of controversy. They had at the beginning of the year firing their coach. Joe Mazzola takes over. doesn't really yeah. even have a full off season to really instill anything. Gets them all the way to the Eastern conference finals game seven. So good job on him. I think anyways, um, is he the long-term answer? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they didn't change a whole lot up uh, yeah. with uh, you know, that uh, Udoka had, but um yeah, what what a wild uh, what a wild series that was. Meanwhile, yeah. Denver is sitting there with a with with a two weeks recovery time. <laughs> this That's is crazy. a mini off season for them at this point. <laughs> you know, now I could see him coming out game one, maybe being a little rusty, but I I just think, man, having that much rest has got to be. That that just has to play in their favor, I, it, for me, anyways. Has to. I want to right? see the Heat. I I, I really want to see Jimmy Butler win. I don't care so much about the Heat, and, and a little bit, um, a, a little bit. I want to see maybe the head coach uh, Spolstra win mm. one without, uh, you know, without the big three. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. I just don't know. I, I don't know who matches up on Miami with someone like Nikola Jokic because yeah. Lakers have big men and they couldn't match up with him to save their lives. Uh, no dude averaged a triple double. I mean, there's just, yeah. <laughs> you can't do anything yeah. against this guy. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm watching the, uh, the, the heat game. And I, I, I'm like, uh, like to me, Bam Adebayo, like is the softest, biggest man I've ever seen in my life. 
fadeaway shots. Like he at one point had Derek White had a chance to back him down, and he like throws the ball behind his back to out to the three point line. Bro, you have him back him down. Yeah. So I I just I don't see it. Um, my call is going to be Denver and Denver and five. That's 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 what I'm that's what I'm predicting here. I'd probably say Denver in six, but but I'm saying that more with my heart than my head only because of what we've seen Miami do already. Yeah. You know, when you see that team that starts to get in that Cinderella-type scenario, not that Denver isn't also in that, because uh, nobody would have really thought that Denver's going to be winning the NBA championship this season. Uh, but, you know, the uh, you know you see that Cinderella team where it's just it's it seems like it's just going their way. Uh, you don't want to bet against them completely, but it's 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 hard. I mean, Denver's just such a balanced team. I yeah. mean, they're really good. And then, of course, freaking Jokic is there's not a lot. You, there's not a solution. You know, right. like no. they call they call Allen Iverson the answer, right? It's like, what's the answer to Jokic? Like, there's no he's the problem, and there is not a solution. And I, I just don't know what 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 Miami can really do. I, I'm not sure either. However, I think if anyone can can game plan for a player like Jokic, it would be Eric Spolstra. So yeah. I'll give him all the credit in the world. Um, you know, I hated him when he was coaching the uh, Big Three, but you know he stuck it out. Riley stuck it out with him through some yeah. pretty lean times, and yeah. yeah, he's got this team playing. Now I don't know what's next for the Celtics, man. I, that's that's the that's the question. I, you have a 26 year old Jalen Brown up for a super max, and then you have uh, you have Jason Tatum, who's only 25 years old, also up. If you pay them both the max, that's 613 million dollars between the two of them. I. I, I I don't it know the Boston happen, has, right? I, I don't I don't know the Boston doesn't I don't know if they have a choice, right? I, I don't yeah. unless someone's gonna come out with some, you know, just some massive offer, you know, for, for Brown. I I don't I don't know what choice they have. I really don't. I think yeah. they have to do it. I don't know that I would do it. I just And I don't I see don't. them for, look, look, I'm not I'm not a strong, strong basketball guy in terms of my knowledge you know i'm more nfl than nba but i don't see boston being able to win a championship like i i don't think i mean i'm certainly they're one of the you know the the five or so best teams in the nba five to seven but i there's less known now than there has been they couldn't do it before and the only thing that's going to happen now is you have to pay those guys They've shown no ability to win with just the two of them to be able to take it over the top. You now have a new head coach, which again, he had success first year, but well, what has he really had to do yet? And so you don't know what you're going to get there and you really need, they need another player, but who's that going to be? And how can you afford that other player? If you've got to pay Tatum and Brown that amount of money, That's I, I think they're a player short. And I don't see how they're going to be able to get that player after they pay Tatum and Brown. It's, I mean, there's going to be some, have to be some good magic work uh, going on there because yeah, I I agree. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you really do that. And you see that to, you know, we saw three superstars 
with the Oklahoma City Thunder not be able to <laughs> right. win a championship. You know, you had James Harden, you had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant on right. the same team drafted. Not even that is like the, that's like an Olympic team. <laughs> I mean, and they couldn't pull it out because yeah. you need more than even just two players, even more than three players. You have to have a strong bench. You have to have a strong rotation. And yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you, you don't do it. Uh, and it seems like based on everything I've read so far, they seemed inclined to do it. So yeah. we shall see, we shall see how they do it and how they build, uh, build a team around them. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And you know, it's, it's funny too, because I honestly think the heat need another player. Difference oh, is, they've thought, been yeah. able to do it, you know, like That's I it. don't understand uh, and I, without getting, we're not going to take the time now to get into salary cap implications and all of the different things, right? And the money, just the sheer amount of money that you have to spend on players. But everybody talking about the Lakers need Kyrie Irving. And, you know, is he going to go there this offseason? And, you know, could he have gone to Boston and all this? Stuff? And yet, the player that I feel like everyone should be trying to get, they're not. And I think now it would probably be able to happen, which is Damian Lillard. I think now he would be far more open to leaving Portland than he's ever been because previously he, he got sold on the idea that Portland was going to really build a contending team. I think now he's finally recognizing that isn't going to happen. And can you even imagine a Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard in Miami? No, I think it'd be a perfect match. I mean, I think I think there'd be that would be two perfect teammates because Jimmy doesn't have a problem being the number two, yeah. and I don't think Lillard has an ego either as far as uh, he's got to be the man. So, I, and they're both so just hard nosed kind of old school type players. Oh man, that would yeah. be that. Bro, a problem is again, yeah, there where. where what do you give up to get a Lillard? Because it's not like Portland's going to just say, yeah, all right. right. You've given us, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, eight, 10 good years. Um, right. You know, here you go. You know, no, they're going to want a lot in return. And you look at that heat roster. Who do you want off of that heat roster? I mean, yeah. it, it's a little reminiscent of that Pistons team, you know, with uh, Rip Hamilton. Right. And ben and Wallace. Chauncey and Billups. And Ben yeah. Like there's, they're just such a great collective team, but yeah. I don't know that there's any one player on that team. Caleb Martin wasn't even drafted. He's an undrafted player. Arguably could have been the Eastern conference finals MVP Yeah, really could have been, <laughs> but again, you're not giving up Damian Lillard for Caleb. Right. Martin. Like you're not, <laughs> you know, Tyler hero didn't play, but again, you know, a combination of Caleb Martin, Tyler hero, you know, Kyle Lowry is not moving the needle for anybody right. at this point, you know, unless you really just want salary cap relief. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it makes sense. I don't know how they would uh, manage that, but if, I guess if Lillard really wants to go, I think that would have to be the thing. Lillard would have to say, yeah. I want to go. This is where I want to go and kind of pull what everyone else does in the NBA these days, which is, you know, make the demands and, uh, you know, and go from there. So, uh, and he has not seemed like the kind of guy that wants to do that. And I think the team has taken advantage of that aspect of his personality. I think he would be fine with going 
He just doesn't want the legacy to be he's the guy that abandoned Portland and abandoned the team. Yep. And I think that's the thing that the team has taken advantage of. They've taken advantage of that fact that he doesn't want to be known as that. And so they're going to continue to put him in that position. But if he will take that step, I think uh, I think those changes will be made. Yeah, yeah. I think it would just have to him come down and say, all right, I'm just going to have to be the bad guy for now. And Portland's yeah. good. Portland fans are going to love him. I think Portland fans probably would even understand if he had. I would game. hope. Yeah. They have to be uh, frustrated yeah. with their team and their front office. I mean, you've yeah. just not done anything to put a team around him. I mean, how many times have we seen like this tried. in every sport? Have they tried? Yeah. I don't even know. Like, really? Like, I, I don't. I don't even see the the trying part. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know? I really don't. Yeah, and I think he's seeing that now. I mean, again, I don't know the guy, but it seems like there's a little bit more. I just feel like you've heard a little bit more from him of like, look, I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know anymore. You know, it's hard to say. Like he's You're leaving right. that door open, whereas yeah. before it was, I want to be with Portland. I don't plan on leaving now. It's kind of like a little more open ended. That's it for, yep. for Damian yep. Lillard. Definitely hearing a little bit more from him than that. So, Hey, we'll see, man. Yeah. No Games. idea what's going to happen. Final starts Thursday, right? Tomorrow. That's right. Thursday. That's right. Yes. This Thursday night. Yep. Thursday night. And then they're on, uh, every two days now, it looks like. So now yeah. next Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Or it is it Sunday or Sunday. Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So if it goes to game seven, it looks like it's going to be pushed up way out in June. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Before the uh, the dreaded dead of summer sports. I mean, if you're a baseball <laughs> fan, you, you, you know, fine. But, you know, this such a perfect time. And I just I wish the weather would be coincide with uh, with all these sports. So, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Because it's always, it always gets a little, yeah, you lose that ability. I mean, just more, more reason to be outside, I suppose, but yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on here. Uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, time of year and the wrap up of the NBA season. We're going to look ahead and talk a little bit of NFL. We're not going to be a crazy, this is not a very sports heavy show tonight, just to be clear for people that are listening, not a super sports heavy show. We're going to get it out of the way up front and if you're listening, you can skip ahead and uh, you won't hear any more sports probably this evening. But uh, but these are two big stories that are going on. And so I want to talk a little NFL and specifically new Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's been, man, there's just a lot of weirdness going on. So for those who don't know, you know, we, our group, uh, we have a text chain that literally goes pretty much all day, every day sometimes yeah. into the night past the point that some of us would probably be asleep uh, and then seeing it the next morning and stuff. It just goes on all the time. And all of the folks that are on that chain have been on this show at one point or another and and will probably be again. And, uh, and so, man, the moment that this thing came out about Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, an ankle injury, needing surgery, and, uh, and not sure when he's going to be available – instantly we're all texting each other going wait a minute wait a minute something's not right here you mean to tell me this guy just went to this team just signed this offseason and he had this lingering injury that now magically requires surgery that nobody knew about at the time how could this happen and now some details are coming out that maybe that is not exactly what happened 
And uh, and it could be that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo maybe was trying to get over on the Raiders a little bit and got caught. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he went into it with the best of intentions. Who's to say? But a lot of people, when the the Jimmy Garoppolo press conference, the introductory press conference was supposed to happen with the Las Vegas Raiders to introduce him. And there were all kinds of delays, then they canceled it, then they'd push it back. To, and it was kind of weird, like that never happens. Uh, and people just right. try to downplay it and say like, oh, who cares? Not you know, whatever. There's just right. scheduling mix up. Those types of things are not mix ups. No. These are multi-billion dollar corporations. NFL teams are multi-billion dollar corporations. The quarterback is by far the most important, most expensive role on any of those teams, the face of the company, if you will. And there are only 32 of them. And so when you sign one, even if he's kind of a more of a mid-tier quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you're scheduling the introductory press conference, you don't forget you had something else scheduled. You don't double book that and then have to cancel it or something like that just doesn't happen. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, I I double booked myself for uh, work at the snowball stand this weekend and I'm supposed to mow a lawn at the same time. This is like the NFL. And so so now turns out that apparently the issue on canceling Jimmy Garoppolo's introductory press conference was because he failed his physical for the Raiders. And so they couldn't announce him because they didn't even know if they were going to sign him at that point. And so they, I mean, and keep in mind, they had all the reporters there. Everybody was there. I mean, this was like canceled at the last minute. Reporters were standing around waiting for this press conference to happen. And then it didn't. And so look, as much as they are tremendously annoying, uh, particularly this one person, Mike Florio as as annoying as Florio is, and really is his own worst advocate, a, a former attorney who I would never want to have as my attorney. Maybe he's good attorney for someone else, but he's the worst advocate for himself, but I will give him credit. He had, Information dug up on this pretty quickly about an addendum G in the Raiders quarterback with Jimmy uh, in the Raiders contract with Jimmy Garoppolo addendum G. And uh, that was essentially having to do with a waiver and release. And in the first paragraph of addendum G, the waiver acknowledges that without it, Garoppolo would not pass the team's physical quote because of a pre-existing medical and middle cuneiform and a fracture of the base of the second metatarsal in the player's left foot and that the club would not enter into an NFL contract with the player. So this was apparently put into his contract with the Raiders uh, for this reason. So apparently they, they, they knew about it and then he failed his physical and it's turned into a whole other thing now. And so, uh, look, I've been rambling for too long now. I want to get your take on this. What is your, we were texting about this quite a bit, but like, what's going on with this whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing and the Raiders? I mean, honestly, what is happening? Uh, You got me, man. I mean, your backup quarterbacks for the Raiders are currently Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell, and a guy named Chase Garbers out of California. (laughs) If this was the case, what, what are the Raiders doing at this point? This didn't happen like last week. You still had time to sign someone else. So are they not concerned about it? How did the injury happen? Do we even know? No one's even said anything about it. Like, did he trip on his way into the facility to take the physical? 
and then hurt his right. foot. I mean, I, I don't know. It's and then he was fine with it. So does that mean like, well, I gotta save face because who agrees to that? Like, right. who, who would agree to that? Like, no, I'll just take, I'll go elsewhere. Didn't have a choice to go any anywhere else. It, yeah, this it stinks, man. Like, I, I this doesn't. I, I don't know. It just doesn't sound right to me. And yeah, okay, so you knew, but now you're going through all of this, knowing full well your guy hasn't even played a down for you and is already coming, is already needing foot surgery. Yep. Why are you A guy you who has away? a long history of a injury. A long history. Already coming off of an ankle injury <laughs> that right. he needed surgery for. So why are you why are you still entertaining this at that point like i i don't you can't be doing this just to save face like okay yeah he didn't pass a physical so we're not going to be able to sign him yeah come summertime if he passes then yeah we can renegotiate that now i mean you you know they're off okay so they're off scot-free right so good you know they they've done well there but now you're going to have a 37 year old brian hoyer leading your team I mean, Devontae Adams has to be like, and you already hear Devontae Adams coming out saying, you know, pretty much questioning what leadership is doing. You just signed this dude. Yep. And now he might have Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell or Chase Garbers throwing to him. It's already bad enough. He's got Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to him. (laughs) You know, you went from Derek Carr. You went from, I mean, let's go back. You went from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr to possibly Jimmy Garoppolo, now possibly Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell, Chase Garbers, or any of the combination of three. And you are arguably top two, top three wide receiver in the NFL. A lot of people still think number one. I mean, he's, I, he's right I'm there. He is one of the best. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you could make an argument, and I wouldn't even argue with you if yeah. that was the case, you know. So I, I, don't, I don't know why. Why are you going through this? Why are you doing this? Find someone else. Plus, you have now the entire draft that you could have gone out and gotten someone in the draft. And, well, I, and, and not... I don't know. Maybe they did draft the that Chase Garbers. He doesn't sound familiar to me. So maybe they drafted him. Yeah. But at the same time, like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I, I don't well, get it. Don't forget, the Raiders could have been in on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Absolutely. They could have been going after Aaron Rodgers. And they decided to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. And so to give you an idea, so I pulled up the contract specifics here. What Jimmy Garoppolo has now signed off on, the the uh, the amended agreement with the Raiders. In the second paragraph of the contract, Garoppolo expressly acknowledges and waives the risk of further injury, including potential, quote, permanent disability by continuing his career. Quote, Player also understands that such condition has decreased his ability to play professional football, the waiver states, and that continuing to play professional football may result in deterioration, aggravation, or re-injury of the existing conditions rendering the player physically unable to perform the services that would be required of player by an NFL player contract. In the third paragraph, Garoppolo expressly assumes all risks of continuing to play despite the condition. In the fourth paragraph, Garoppolo waives all claims against the Raiders, the league, and anyone else who could be responsible for anything related to the condition. In the fifth paragraph, 
Garoppolo agrees that any disputes regarding whether any injury involves the conditions specified in the waiver, quote, shall be resolved in the discretion of the club's physician, while also preserving the player's ability to seek a second opinion. So what he's basically done is said, I'll sign all rights away, everything. I will never be able to sue the team, sue the trainers. I will never be able to argue anything that has to do with anything with this injury. I will do all of it. And he originally had an $11.25 million signing bonus. So this is kind of an important thing that people maybe, I don't always understand or think people fully grasp. Jimmy Garoppolo originally had an $11.25 million signing bonus and then a base salary of $11.25 million for 2023. Now, this injury resulted in the Raiders removing the signing bonus altogether, moving it into base salary. So now his base salary becomes $22.5 million in 2023, but only if he passes the physical, only if he can play, only if he's on the team and he gets no signing bonus whatsoever. So this, this guy has waived every single thing he could possibly waive to sign a contract, which really tells you how badly he needed this signing just as much as the Raiders did. He was willing to sign his life away, basically, to be able to just say, just get me on a roster. I need to play on a team. It's pretty shocking, man. pretty shocking. And again, I guess the Raiders felt like they had him, you know, and and uh, and they could get him to sign anything they wanted him to. So they did. Now I'm going to throw uh, something at you. Someone is about to enter into a ownership stake. <laughs> we said <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Mr. Thomas Brady. Yeah. What do we think about Thomas Brady becoming a owner player for the Las Vegas Raiders? You know, it's it's a the whole situation's bizarre, but it could it could work. I don't know how he'd get paid exactly because I mean, there's just a lot of weird things. I don't know how that works nowadays under contracts as a player or player owner. <laughs> like I'm not sure how that yeah. works. How often does that ever happen? That yeah. Come up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who's a player and an owner? Now, it's funny because I, I was saying. Antonio Brown. Right. <laughs> that's a model. That's a model for all sports to work off of. It's funny because I was saying back when Patrick Mahomes signed his new deal with the Chiefs, I said at that time that I felt like the next step for NFL quarterbacks would start to be ownership stakes in the team. And I maybe was a little ahead of the curve on that because that hasn't happened yet. And lots more contracts have been signed. Many more making more than Patrick Mahomes uh, last contract was. So that hasn't happened yet, but maybe this Brady situation could be a model for that to happen. I mean, you can only pay, I mean, as long as you have a salary cap, you can only pay a position so much, right? You're not going to be in a situation where these quarterbacks can make a hundred million dollars a year uh, unless you just see massive increases in TV revenue and everything else, because the salary cap is just not going to allow it. Right. But that's the one aspect that just hasn't been taken into consideration yet is what about ownership stake in the team? 
what if I gave you 50 million a year plus 1% ownership in the team, right? And knowing the growth that's going to happen, you know, so I don't know. It could be an interesting idea. Brady, I mean, look, the only thing that would stop Brady from going there is that the Raiders aren't ready to win right now. That's the only reason. Like Brady's whole thing is he just wants to go and win, win championships, just try to further cement a legacy. If he thinks he can do that in Vegas, he will try to make it happen. Uh, that would be the only reason not to. He's not going to come back to play just to play. Right. I mean, you know, if, if Tampa was better this year, maybe he doesn't even retire to begin with. So, you know, it's it's that's the only part is that it is the Raiders. But look, I mean, Mark Davis is, uh, you know, say what you want to say, but the, the Raiders do have a lot of good things. I mean, they got a brand new stadium. They got one of the best receivers in football. They have one of the best tight ends in football and Darren Waller or no Waller's not there anymore. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. He's uh, with the giants now. Uh, so you, you basically have Devonte Adams. <laughs> He's the reason that, that a Tom Brady would want to go there. Sure. Uh, but Hey man, if I could own the team and play for a year, I mean, not fully own the team, but if I had an ownership stake might be well worth it for me. I, I mean, either that or they're just, tanking uh to along with the cardinals to um to try and get the rights to caleb williams next year that's the only thing that makes sense to me yeah <laughs> because, that's mean, a good point too yeah yeah i just uh i don't uh i i don't see otherwise why they would uh continue on with these charades it's just who cares about saving face like you say he's got an injury he didn't pass his physical we're not going to be able to sign him we're going to be looking elsewhere we wish Jimmy Garoppolo, the best of luck next year and wherever he goes. Very simple. Yeah, or we'll reevaluate it at a, a different <clears> time. <throat> yeah. Instead, they went through all this stuff, making him sign all this stuff, uh, to potentially not paying him a dime, which is awesome. But what are you doing? You still have a quarterback. Yeah, right. You don't have a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, look, the other thing, too, that I think we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on. Players need to learn lessons. Stay away from bad teams, bad organizations, poorly run organizations. Players know who poorly run organizations are. If you go to the Cleveland Browns, that is a poorly run organization. You know it before you go. If you go to the Arizona Cardinals, that is a poorly run organization. You know before you go that that is a poorly run organization. And look, the the Raiders, unfortunately, don't have a history of being a well-run organization any time in the last couple decades, probably. Yeah. So that's another team. And so, it, you know, I saw the same thing the other day about Deshaun Watson, uh, now quarterback for the Browns, saying he'd love DeAndre Hopkins to come there and for them to play together again. And my thing is, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, why would I go there? I've only played for dysfunctional organizations. I've played for the Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals, and now I want to go to the Cleveland Browns. Like, right. why would I ever do that? It makes no sense. Like sometime in my career, I want to play for a good relevant team. And you know, whoever that team is, there are teams. I mean, it could be Kansas city. It could be Buffalo. It could be Baltimore. Uh, it should be Baltimore, by the way. Uh, but there are teams, there are opportunities there. But Cleveland is not the place that you should want to go, it, particularly if you're near the end of your career. Unless you've already won a Super Bowl or two and you just want to take the money, 
But outside of that, it makes no sense. These players that go and Devante had his choice. He could have gone to a multitude of places. He chose the Raiders because of Derek Carr. And again, a poorly run organization ships Derek Carr right out the door. They dangled Derek Carr long enough to get Devante to sign. Then they get rid of Derek Carr because they have Devante, you know, you know, locked up. And now what? He can't do anything. So what, what's supposed to happen? He's got no one throwing him the ball and you're wasting some of the best years of Devonte Adams career. It's, yeah. it's criminal. I mean, and at the same time for what, for the Raiders, why, why are you going to yeah. pay Devonte Adams all that money when clearly you're at this point have to be in a rebuild mode, especially if you can't get Jimmy. And let's just say, even if Jimmy can play, what, what, what do we have that says this guy's not going to be injured by week four and be out for three to four weeks? It doesn't make any sense at all. No, no, no. It, that just, it's just oddly, uh, just very odd all the way around. It really is. Yeah, it is. So yeah. All right. Well, anyway, enough football talk. Some people listening to the show right now are thrilled because we've been talking nothing but sports and some people, uh, if they're still with us, have been disappointed because we've talked about nothing but sports. So we're going to flip the script on them now and talk about something totally different. And uh, I saw this. I don't, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, there, this world has some slippery slopes nowadays, and this one is, is definitely one. New York State Christian University fires two employees over pronouns in work emails. Now, I, I, I think this is pronounced Houghton University, H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. Houghton, 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 not sure. University said the terminations were not solely based on the pronouns in email staff signatures. So to be clear, I'm going to give you the little rundown. Two employees at a small Christian university in Western New York have been fired over using their pronouns in work emails, according to reports. Reagan Zelaya and Shua Wilmot, both residence hall directors, were asked by administrators at Houghton University to remove the words she slash her and he slash him from their email signatures, saying they violated a new policy, according to the New York Times. When they refused to remove it, they were fired. And this is incredibly bizarre. And they've come out and they've said it's because they have uncommon gender neutral names that have resulted in them being misgendered in the past during email correspondence. Meaning, if you don't know who Reagan, particularly spelled R-A-E-G-A-N, you wouldn't necessarily know if that's a male or a female you know, person, or Shua Wilmot, you don't know. So they're thinking they're doing like a favor to people and letting them know, like, I'm a guy, I'm a lady, and instead they got fired for it. And uh, I thought that was just a... Very strange and kind of surprising reaction to 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 fire them. What did you think about this? Okay, um, well, I think it's a little silly for firing someone over pronouns. I mean, I could be about the same as firing someone over not using pronouns. Right. <laughs> I think pronouns are ridiculous, but I don't care if somebody else uses them. And I certainly, right. uh, I mean, I may roll my eyes when someone sends one and it, she, her, hers, like dot. Do I need to know that? Like, maybe I could understand if, like, you went by a different pronoun, Zzer or something, whatever. You know, I don't even know what yeah. that is. But, you know, it, it, but I don't buy um, 
I, I don't buy that you're doing that as a uh, because you're afraid that someone's not going to uh, misgender you, or you're afraid someone's going to misgender you. Because why wouldn't you just put Miss Reagan Zalea? Right. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Why would you have to do? It? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it more appropriate if you're doing it as a as a, a business or is trying to be appropriate in emails? Wouldn't you just put Mister or Mrs. beside the your first name when you're? I, I mean, I hear you. I guess the question is, if you're a professor at a college and you're professor whatever whatever, you wouldn't be professor Mrs. whoever or professor Mister yeah, whoever. I guess not. You know, so that's the only thing I'm not sure of. But the, supposedly now the school came out and said, oh, we would never fire someone just for this. Like, that's not, uh, you know, how we do things. However, in the termination letter, uh, they were actually told that they were being fired for refusing to remove the pronouns. <laughs> so, yeah, we so, would never do that, but that's exactly yeah, that doesn't sound like us. That. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. But yeah, that's why we did it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, university spokesman Michael Blankenship told Fox News the school has, quote, never terminated an employment relationship based solely on the use of pronouns in staff email signatures. Over the years, we've required anything extraneous be removed from email signatures, including scripture quotes, he added. Uh, Houghton University remains steadfastly committed to offering the Christian education that our students are promised. Uh, but again, it was in the termination letter that they got fired for not removing pronouns. Uh, you know, look, this is a, an incredibly strange thing to me because I also think of the flip side. If the school wanted professors to use pronouns and these professors refused to use them, would they get fired? Should they get fired? You know, like, I, I just don't know where the line is on things like this. I, I agree with you on the pronoun thing. I don't get it. Um, I don't need to, you know, and like I said, I, or like you said, I don't care if anyone uses them. That's on them. It's just, it doesn't matter to me. Right. But I guess if you have a name that wouldn't be easily recognizable, you know, again, you're, you're absolutely right. There could be more to it. It just doesn't seem either way. Like it's something that you would lose your job over. Seems kind of weird. Like nowadays that, you know, that you could lose your job over, wanting people to know that you're a guy or a girl, a man or a woman, like to clarify that for people would actually be something that could cause you to get fired. Seems very strange. It does. But what were we doing before three years ago? Did they just become professors or whatever? Right. Because we weren't, nobody was using these before. I, I, I don't know, 2020 probably. Right. I, I don't, if they were, it definitely wasn't something that was known. So or did you just become I don't even know. Are they professors? They said they're like, it's not like they're just RAs. Well, they say maybe, employees, uh, they're residence hall directors. Yeah. So, so yeah. So they're not professors. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know what you were using prior to um, 2020, 2019. Uh, what were we using to not, hey, thank you for your email, but I'm actually a he. I, I, right. <laughs> oh, my bad. God forbid. I, or you just <laughs> ignore it and somehow you put it in the email, but you know, the reply email that you are who you are. I, I, I don't, yeah. it, it's just, I don't buy it. I don't think you should be fired for it, but I, I, can you just put anything in like your new curriculums, like, or your new, like, 
Like, ah, I need you to slaughter three lambs. Right. <laughs> what? No. <Yeah. laughs> like, yeah, well, it's, it's in the employment agreement. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not illegal to kill lambs. Uh, right. <laughs> lamb, lambs be, are slaughtered all the time. Right. So if you refuse, can you be fired? Like, I, just because it's in your new, you know, your new bylaws or your new rules? It's a fair question. Know. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that they. Houghton, Hutton. I'm sure we're going to get blasted because we I know. To say it, but I mean, there are probably 28 <sighs> students there. I don't know that any of them Houghton. will see us. <laughs> yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like it. it. Seems like if they sue, they're not going to have a leg to stand on with that. But yeah. what do I know? Well, I will say this. I mean, in response to all of this happening, a petition supporting these RAs, whatever they were, uh, has been signed by nearly 600 alumni in protest. So like saying that this shouldn't happen, they should not get fired over this. Over 600 alumni have signed a petition. Take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Saw this story the other day and uh, decided to talk a little bit more about it. We will not be putting this in quick hits. We will talk a little, little bit more about it. Than that. Amazon uh, founder Jeff Bezos, his new yacht got finished. Spent $500 million on this yacht, half a billion dollars on a boat. The yacht has a support ship. The support ship that you would get off of the yacht and get onto to be able to travel a little easier and go into different waters has the support ship is 246 feet. <laughs> it's almost the same. It's almost the size of a football field. What in the world? Yeah, it's insane. So, uh, yeah, it's it's called the Kuru, colossal triple masted Kuru. Uh, Jeff Bezos is now the third richest man. He was man. He was cruising around the Mediterranean around Majorca. This new ship, it's a sailing ship. It's four hundred and seventeen feet long. So essentially a football field and a half and uh, yeah, pretty, pretty insane stuff. So the support vessel is a mega boat in its own right. And then it has, uh, has a helipad as well. So you can, you can land a helicopter on board, oh, cool. on board oh, the cool. ship, on the support ship, on the support ship, sure. Or on the support ship, because the main ship is a sailing vessel has three massive masts on it, so there's no place to have a helipad. Um, I guess they just didn't think about that until later. So the sport ship just follows behind it, or it's somehow towed behind it, or what? Like they got? It's definitely not towed. It's definitely not towed. <laughs> definitely not towed. Behind. I don't know. Like, it's the length of a support... football field. It's not what's being a towed. sport ship though? I I, I don't so, I just. It's a good question. I don't know the answer. Uh, the I mean, they don't really, they just act like everyone would know what a support ship does. Sure. I think the support ship maybe holds staff and things like that. Sure. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I do have a little bit of a breakdown on what the support ship has uh, on board. And it's a lot. So the uh, the support ship, not the main ship, but the support mm -hmm. ship for Jeff Bezos's boat it's 246 feet long. 
its top speed is 18 knots. Now, in case you thought that 18 knots sounded like a lot, that's 17.2 miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> this thing can only go 17 miles an hour. Uh, it has a crew of 45 people plus the captain. It costs $75 million. And it has an optional submarine. Oh. Yeah. Meaning so you have the helicopter you, deck. I mean, everything. If you want a submarine, you can. It's optional. Yes. Like You don't have yeah. to submarine it. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to want that option, but you don't have to use it. So then what do they do? They, when they need to get on, board, what do they do? They zip line over to the other one? <laughs> I don't know. Because there are pictures of them kind of next to each other, the two ships. And it's, I don't know. I don't know. Gosh, now, to be clear, as far as um, total yacht size, Jeff Bezos's new boat is only the 24th largest ship. Okay. Well, uh, in the world. He's humble. He's a humble yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So. He's not trying yeah. to make it about him. No. No, he it's been it costs a lot, but he's not it's not the biggest. No. Um he's the biggest. Yeah, so so apparently from what I'm gathering here, the support vessel is really only there so that you can land a helicopter on it because otherwise there's no way to get to the boat very easily depending on where it is in the world. So since Koru's masts rule out a helicopter deck, uh, they commissioned a support vessel named Abiona, named for the Roman goddess of outward journeys. Well, they really had goddesses for everything. Sure Roman did. goddess of outward journeys. Hmm. Uh, and so because of that, now you can have a, a helipad. So, so that's good. So, yeah, it's pretty uh, impressive. The whole deal here is pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, um, yes, spend your money how you see fit. I suppose. I, I, gee, man, Christmas. That is just ridiculous. What do you? I, I don't. Uh, do you sail that much that you just have to have a five hundred million dollar boat with probably another two hundred and fifty million or two hundred million support vessel behind it? I, uh, I, I, well, here's the th here's the thing that's crazy. The operating costs to operate Koru are $25 million a year. So for Jeff Bezos just to operate and maintain his new ship costs him $25 million a year just in maintenance fees. Uh, obviously staff and everything, you know, that you, that, that, that go with that 25 million a year, just to have it, you spent half a billion to build it. And another $25 million a year to maintain it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely yeah. nothing better he could do with his money. So, I mean, no. what are you going to do? What are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. There's I not, mean. Uh, hungry children or anything like that going on in the world. No. But you do. Thank you. God. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, how is this guy going to be able to afford his $500 million yacht? <laughs> I just that is so wild. Does he even do anything for Amazon anymore? Because apparently he's just on. I think he's the chairman now, but he's not the okay. CEO anymore. Okay. Yeah. So maybe he has some phone calls. Dang. Here's here's uh, here's the thing, though. This is not like none of these. Again, he this is the 24th largest mega yacht in the world. The biggest megawatt in the or mega yacht. The biggest mega yacht in the world 
is 593 feet long. It's called Azam. It launched in 2013 after being commissioned by Sheikh Khalifa bin Zayed El Nahyan, the ruler of Abu Dhabi and president of the United Arab Emirates. Now, he died last year, but Azam, which means determination in Arabic, reportedly cost more than $600 million to build and is nearly 60 feet longer than the world's second largest yacht. However, what do you pull this thing into? Well, oh, it's a whole thing, man. It's a whole thing because when they build these things and the play, it, like, it seems like a lot of these are built in like Denmark and places like that. And they like, they have to be able to get them to the water. It's so difficult that like they have to, in Rotterdam, they were looking at having to tear down old bridges that were like 150 years old to be able to get it there. Finally, they just scrapped that because locals were upset. So they took it in pieces over to finish it at the port and get it into the water. But you can't pull up to anything. That's why you need the helicopter pad and you need the other things. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. That is one. Yeah. So Next year, talking about mega yachts, next year, there's a new one coming out called Rev, R-E-V. It's a 600-foot yacht. It's currently under construction in Norway. It will have space for 36 guests and 54 crew members. 600 feet long. So uh, two football fields long. It's insane. Uh, and that will be going, it'll be delivered in 2024. Yeah. 18 guest rooms. In that one. Oh gosh. So something to shoot for, something to shoot for. If you like being out on the water, <laughs> see if, uh, if you can get a bigger boat, My gosh. we're going to need a bigger boat. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I'm going to hit on this, man. I I feel like some people have like thought that we've become the Bud Light show or something like that. Uh, we're not a political show, particularly. Again, we've talked about this before. We're a common sense show uh, and we we call it like we see it. Yeah. And some people don't like that or they get offended by that or they think we're saying something we're not or any number of other things. We started talking about this Bud Light thing. And people have been just like flipping out over this and it's not going away. So we're continuing to talk about it. We're not trying to keep talking about it. It's not like we're, the, we're not going through the news every day saying, Oh yeah. man, I hope I can find some other new Bud Light angle to talk about. Not at all, but it's, it's still out there. We're also not the puppet masters who make the, uh, you know, the make the news happen. Right. So. That's right. Yeah, we got nothing it. to do with with the yeah. news. We're we're yeah. just we're reporting yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, stay with us soon. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Bud Light stores are now selling Bud Light for free, as boycott backlash continues. Some Budweiser uh, products are being sold for free in some stores thanks to a new promotional rebate from the Anheuser-Busch company following weeks of Bud Light backlash. So listen to this. Ahead of the Memorial Day weekend, Bud Light revealed a new promotion called the U.S. Budweiser Family Memorial Day Rebate. 
I mean, just still Local stuff business. full of adjectives. Local paper company apologizes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the U.S. Budweiser Family Memorial Day rebate. So why not be like the U.S. Budweiser Family Memorial Day, yeah, Walk for a Cure, uh, <laughs> American Support, We Love the Military, blah, 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 uh, uh. <laughs> Save the Bald Eagle Fund. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it is the U.S. Budweiser Family Memorial Day rebate, words that none of which seem to even tie together that's just like a random like mad libs they just stuck words together u.s budweiser family memorial day rebate uh online for customers from eligible states the rebate promises an amount quote equivalent to the purchase price of one 15 pack or larger up to $15 of Bud Light, Budweiser, Budweiser Select, or Budweiser Select 55, paid via Anheuser-Busch Digital Prepaid MasterCard. Based on recent prices for Bud Light products, however, in some cases this would be giving packs of beer away for free. Wow. Online searches of local beer retailers find many offers for under $15 for 15 packs or larger of those Budweiser products. So if it's less than $15 and they give you a $15 voucher, you are now getting free Bud Light. So they're really hoping to turn these things around. Well, you're, you're getting free Bud Light, but you have to go online and then you get a digital Anheuser-Busch digital prepaid MasterCard. Apparently. That can be used at any location or just on the Anheuser-Busch website for well, more th- Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's only good for Anheuser-Busch, but it's not everywhere, apparently. Uh, but it is interesting. This was in Wisconsin. They said there's a a special a 20-pack of Bud Light for $15, a 20-pack. Then they're giving a $15 QR code. And this is Bud Light's own posters on here, a $15 QR code uh, that you can scan and get. And then you will get the the 20 pack of Bud Light for free. That applies to purchases between May 17th and May 31st. So from mid-May to end of May, this was all about Memorial Day, obviously trying to get things going again. So I wonder if it's going to work. I I really do. I, I I would love to see uh, what what it is. Uh, did you see they come out with the um, the Harley Davidson cans now? <laughs> yeah, they're doing camouflage cans, Harley Davidson cans. Why not do like a can oh. for that old Sylvester Stallone movie, Over the Top, with arm yeah, wrestling? Why don't you do an arm wrestling uh, can as well, and and maybe a lumberjack can? Couldn't they do yeah. something like this? Real yeah. macho. Put some, uh, you know, some women in bikinis on it. And, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And a guy really, like uh, working on his hot rod. He's under the, he's underneath the car working on his hot rod and just, he's on a can and whatever the most macho things that you can think of. Here's just, here's a can with nothing but a collection of cool mustaches all around the can. <laughs> It's so weird, man. It's like they went so far one way. This is, this is okay. This is an example of, again. As has been the case for Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch throughout this entire process, corporate stupidity. You went all the way to one side, 
with this partnership with Dylan Mulvaney, a transgender influencer, and then you upset your core demographic. Mm -hmm. So then to remedy that, you try to go all the way back the other way to get back in the good graces of your core demographic by invoking the military and first responders and America. Meanwhile, again, just for people who don't know this, Anheuser-Busch is no longer an American-owned company and hasn't been for many years. They're owned by InBev, which is a Belgian company. Uh, but they're out there, they're showing the flag, and, you know, it's like you got the eagle squawking and, like, <laughs> everything they can have to, like, invoke patriotism for a Belgian-owned company. And then you turn around, and now it's like you, you tried the transgender thing, that blew up in your face, and not only has it not led to increased sales, your sales are down 25%. So now instead, let's go back and make it about camouflage and Harley Davidson and everything. It's like, why can't you just make beer? You don't yeah. need to speak to specific groups. I don't know. I really don't know why companies think that they need to do this. Like, then we even have people that have you know made comments on, uh, on, on like our YouTube posts and things saying like, well, trans people drink beer, gay people drink beer. Don't they have a right to drink beer? Oh, yeah, of course they do. Who was trying to stop them? Who was like in the grocery store trying to prevent gay and trans people from yeah. buying beer? Of course they have a right. 100%. They should absolutely be able to drink beer as much as they want, anytime they want, as long as they're not driving. Like that should be an absolute inalienable right for those who feel like this is like part of the Constitution practically. 100%. I hold these truths to be self-evident. They should be able to drink as much as they want. But what does that have to do with marketing? What does that have to do with why we have to do? Guess what? Asian people can drink it. Do we need Asian cans made? Black people can drink it. Do we not market enough to black people? Like, what is it that we need to do more than what we're doing? You make beer, advertise the beer. That's it. Right. Am I wrong? Right. No, no. I mean, you know, I'm bald. You're bald. I would like some representation. Um, yeah, exactly. To be able to know that you support me. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know why everyone needs representation to drink a beer. Do whatever you want to do. I, I don't. I, yeah. Who cares? Well, and the oh, flip side is like, well, why isn't Heinz ketchup? Why isn't Heinz ketchup concerned about this? Why isn't Heinz ketchup needing to market to every group there is? Like, you just make the ketchup. If you need ketchup, you buy their ketchup. What's the issue here? And you yet, somehow, certain doing? brands. Huh? Yeah, what they're doing is behind the scenes is they're donating to different communities and different yeah. programs and stuff. And they're Be a great place to start. You no, know. yeah, they're just not yeah. letting you know. We'll market our ketchup. We'll have everybody in the ketchup commercials. Uh, I, I mean, these commercials you see lately. I mean, it's uh, quite a uh, um, quite a diverse amount of uh, different types of uh, commercials that are on now. You would, yep. you know, it, it seems like. America apparently now is uh, split right down the middle with uh, races and ethnicities and everything <laughs> yes. else, according to these commercials. So, yeah, I, I mean, again, who cares? But yeah, it, it's it's funny. It's funny that they're still digging in here and still trying. What's the point? I mean, how? I guess you're just hoping that people don't turn like buy the cans or buy the beer and then hopefully the website crashes and then you don't really have to give out because <laughs> otherwise what's the point like because it's is it like hey don't forget how great our beer tasted here's a free 15 like no now i think everyone else is realizing like yeah this beer really sucked so does this beer i bought but now they don't uh 
<laughs> yeah. You know, they, they don't market to other, you know, they, they don't try and, uh, you know, make everyone politically or, or, you know, divided in the country anymore. So I'm just going to continue yeah. to drink this crappy beer because, eh, I'm not going to go back to Bud. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think that in the in the bigger picture, the goal here for, for Anheuser-Busch would be to say, even if we're giving the beer away for free, See, they don't put out revenue numbers. They put out sales numbers. So if you buy the beer and I give you a rebate, you still bought it. So if I can stop the conversation of, oh, man, their sales are crashing, sales are down 25%. If I can now start to release that sales are up 10% from where they were last week, and you know, even if I had to give it all away, it's changes the narrative in the media. Right. And I think that's the big thing where then it's kind of like, well, okay, I guess uh, maybe, maybe the boycott's kind of over. I guess we can put that behind us and you start being able to have something positive to talk about. I think that's the bigger picture for them. Uh, That makes sense. Yeah. That's a good uh, point. I didn't think about that. That, that could very well be it just to show sales are up. So I, I mean, they're not talking money. They never do. You know, they don't discuss like, uh, you know how much money they've lost i mean other people you know well i guess eventually they would have that. to right yeah yes. i guess they would have yes. to when it comes to earnings calls and things like that for their stockholders so i guess that right. would be man that's got to be coming up soon right that's got to be coming up here shortly I yeah think, you think anyways too yeah it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be a bloodbath i think Ooh, i mean boy. sales have basically been down 25 percent over what they were for bud light uh, and that's been the case for like, I don't know, a month, month and a half now. Yeah. And people are digging in their heels over this. And and look, it's not just Bud Light. I mean, for the record, I mean, you got Target, you have Nike, you have a lot of things. I mean, Target in particular. Man, let me find this because I saw this and I was going to maybe talk about it in quick hits, but I think it's very relevant to what we're talking about right now. Uh, Target lost $10 billion in 10 days as stocks fall following a boycott over their LGBTQ friendly kids clothing. So when that stuff came out, stock tanked and target lost $10 billion. That's billion with a B $10 billion in 10 days. That's wild. People are being heard. There's no doubt about that. Regardless of what your opinions are on it, whether you're anti, you're pro, that doesn't matter. You can't argue with the fact that people are being heard when it comes to these boycotts. And and it's and I guarantee a lot of other brands are watching all of this very closely to see how it's going to play out and how long people will stick with it as well. I mean, this was both sides, right? I mean, people were canceling other people all in 2020. Like everyone was going out of business or everyone was being canceled (laughs) because of something said. And now it's on the other foot, and now all of a sudden everyone's got a problem with it. It's and now everyone's backing these billion-dollar corporations, and I shop at yeah. Target, and I mean, uh, again, I man, I don't know. I just don't want my children to be uh, subjected to, you know, wh- wh- why am I why 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 is this toddler swimsuit have a have a place that I can tuck my yeah my junk into like what yeah. why are you doing this what else could this possibly be besides you trying to get everyone on board with this stuff i i just i i don't i don't really get it I, and again like if you're an adult 
you're 18 over 18 then i yeah man do what you got to do but man you got to let kids be kids there's all sorts of phases that kids go through and, and you right. gotta let them be able to go through those phases you know all right they're questioning this they're questioning that but that's that's what parenting needs to be you need to help your kids through that not encourage one way or the other what's going on I, I'm sure I'm going to get killed and blasted for it. I don't, I don't really care. Honestly, I, I, yeah. I don't because I just, it's just, it, it's weird to me that like we all want our kids to be something when they're kids, like, yeah. you know, you know, my kid wants to be a football player, baseball player, basketball player. Like he wants, he's seven. He wants to be all those things. I, I yeah. mean, okay, great. But you know, I'm not going to like, pull them out of school and, and have them go full time right. into uh, all these sports. <laughs> right. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to top out at, at my height. You know, he's not going to be, <laughs> he's probably not going to be any of those things, but I'm going to encourage for, him. For people listening, your son is not Victor Wembenyana. <laughs> he's not, he's not, no, but I may actually have him take growth hormones and see if we can get him shot up there or that leg surgery that uh, we saw that guy have, uh, that's right. Five, four to uh, six foot, you know, might, That's might right. actually uh, start them early on that. You know, what happens <laughs> when you start early. doing that? Like where this is, I guess, it, I guess maybe I brought up a point I wasn't meaning to bring up. Where does yeah. it stop? Hey, I want my kid to be six foot. Yep. And so the doctors can pretty much tell you, I mean, mine is pretty sure he's going to be somewhere in the five, 10, six foot range uh, based on his current growth. I mean, they have a way right. of telling that stuff. I, yep. I assume it's probably not a hundred percent, but okay. Well, my kid wants to play basketball. So probably a good chance. He's going to have to be no less than six, three, six, four. So should I go ahead and break his legs and, and go ahead and, and get him as that leg extension surgery? Of it depends. Does he identify no. as being taller? If he identifies yeah, right. as being taller than he is, then yeah, I guess sure. you have every right to do that. Sure. Right. I mean, I've got a right to mutilate his body and, and to and to have him do this because he wants to be tall and he's not going to be over six foot. So yeah. I can break his legs. I can get I can have those leg extensions put in, even though his body's not done forming, even though his body right. is not completely changed. I can go ahead and, 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 and do that. Right. That that should be fine. Yeah. Okay. In theory. Cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like. Uh, if what happens if he wants to be a dinosaur, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you know, I mean, there's like, I just don't understand. There's this idea that I don't know. I I don't know. Cause I'm not a parent, right? There's only so much I can weigh in on this, but, but again, from a common sense perspective, which is what we talk about a lot on this show, this idea that kids have some at, at, at six years old, that they know what their gender is or what it was supposed to be or whatever. It's like, look, if I had a son and my son wanted to wear a dress, I might like, you know, discourage that a little bit. But at the end of the day, if I let him wear a dress, that doesn't mean he was actually supposed to be born a woman. And therefore he now needs to live as a woman. And I should have surgery for him to make him a like, I, it's just like all the, how did we get there? How did we get to where yeah. we just started spiraling down that rabbit hole so fast versus just let a kid be a kid. And when he's uh, uh, he or she is above 18 and they can actually make their own decisions and they're legally adults, they can do anything they want to do. Like, I, why can't that be the case? I, I, yeah. I just genuinely don't know the answer to why. 
Because the kids still can't go into a tattoo location and get a tattoo, can they? Right. Well, they really want a tattoo. They really want a full sleeve. Um, Sir, I'm sorry, they're 10 years old. Well, he identifies as a biker. He identifies as a as a rap artist, he identifies, you know, as a, as a basketball player, a football player, you know, so why can't he get a full sleeve tattoo? Yeah. Why Why can't he buy a beer? Right. He sees me drinking beer. He wants to be like me. Why can't he be like me? He deserves that. How can I deny that? Yeah. Yeah. Why can I deny one thing and not the other? That's the big thing. Like how, who's making those rules? It doesn't make any sense. Like, why, why do we still have certain things that we will follow rigidly? No one would ever, ever think that a child should be able to drink alcohol. Right. Nobody would ever think that a six-year-old should be able to go get a beer. Right. But, but that same six-year-old could also, because they are confused or maybe they believe that they should be a different gender, like they could get surgery for that. I, it, it's it, look, I, I've met some six year olds. Most of them are not trustworthy. And most of them are not like, <laughs> they're not like super formed as far as what they're going to do with their lives or anything. I just think sure. that, like, man, I don't know. I would have been a lot of things if, if I, if I was only going off of what I thought I would be doing at the time I was six or seven or eight years old. I mean, I, I can tell you it would have been a very different scenario. I don't know what I don't remember. And thank God nobody forced me to do it or allowed me to ha- do whatever I wanted to do at that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just not, I don't know. It gets, gets weird. Some weird stuff. Very. Yeah. So right, I guess anyway, on a little tangent there, but yeah, uh, <laughs> we did children, indeed. Man. Protect your kids. Yeah. That's all. On. That's all. That, that, that's all. On. Just protect your babies, man. They're your babies, man. Protect them. It's okay to say no for now. They don't need everything right now. Let them go a little bit. Let them figure it out. Get them counseling. Get, do do things like that's. Let's not just jump from zero to a hundred here, man. Like that's it. Yeah. No. Very well said. Very well said. All right. Let's uh, let's cleanse the palate a little bit here. This is this is something that really probably should be in quick hits, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it now before we roll into quick hits because I just saw it. It's like talk about helping your kids, talking about what needs to happen with kids. Um, a Texas high school postponed their graduation after 85 percent of the class failed to earn a diploma. 85% of seniors were not eligible to graduate from this Texas high school. So they just scrapped it all together. They're just like, we're not going to bother having Sorry. a graduation ceremony. <laughs> Sorry to the five of the 33 of you who actually did graduate. We, we just can't do it, man. Like, it's <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. How does I just that don't, happen? Like, yeah, exactly. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. Like, how in the world? Does something like that happen? How can that happen? 85%, 85% of a, of a high school senior class can't graduate. I mean, okay, look, we got lots of student issues, but we got to, it's time to look at the teachers and the schools and the curriculum here as well. I mean, good for them, I guess, on not passing them if they, if they weren't eligible. <laughs> They're not just like, well, we're done with them. Get them, get them through here. We've done our part. 
But good Lord, man. I mean, we got to figure something out when 85% of a graduating class can't graduate. I mean, doesn't someone have to lose their job over this? I mean, you we, people lost their job over pronouns. Right. How, how, how do you not lose your job? How, like uh, over 85% of the people not graduating. Now, let's be fair. That's 33 kids uh, in this story that as far yes. as what I read. However, you're right. I- that's five. So that's twenty-eight of the thirty-three that did not graduate or weren't eligible to graduate. Yeah, who was teaching these children? And at what point did you not think they like? Were they all so close to passing? Like, hey, you know what? Let's just keep this under wraps because they're really close to being able to pass, <laughs> and then none of them did. <laughs> what? How did the five pass? What did they do? Did right. they barely pass? Like, were they all failing and these five just happened to pull it out? I mean, how unfair for them, man. Like, yeah, have a, have a separate graduation for them. Now, I guess the way they're going back sometime here in the next month or. Yeah. So, so the way I understand it and, and, and I'll give, I'll give a little, little tiny bit more detail. You said five of the 33 senior students. This is at Marlin high school near Waco, Texas. And the school said it planned to reschedule the graduation for sometime in June so the students would have more time to qualify. My favorite quote in all this is from school superintendent Daryl Henson, who said, our commitment to excellence remains unshaken. We hold firm to our belief that every student in Marlin can and will achieve their potential. Uh, Henderson also took to Twitter to address the dismal graduation rate. Our district will grow from this setback. Henson said, let this be a lesson learned for all. As we continue to go through our annual graduation audit, it's our obligation to ensure that all students have met all requirements, support, accountability, and integrity will remain at the forefront. The school had apparently recently moved to a four day school week in an attempt to reduce absences because apparently Part of the issue for students not being able to, it was either grades or attendance for why these students couldn't make it. So they actually cut the number of school days to avoid absences. And he said, our shift to a four-day school week is part of our effort to increase bell-to-bell instruction, increase student engagement during days school is in session, and keep absences from infringing on instructional time. Uh, we are committed to ensuring these strategic shifts benefit students as intended. So they're literally saying, well, students aren't showing up to school, so we're going to have less school. <laughs> we're just going to have four days instead of five. Then that's fewer absences that we can count against them that would then prevent them from graduating. Wow. Yeah. So now so, let's get down to business Let's not drag these parents in here, guardians or whoever's in charge of them. Yep. Let's try and accommodate because it worked well. So we, 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 you know, that it's we saw a lot of good from really this. Well. Yeah. Again, <laughs> why, why are we negotiating with kids? It's okay. Life yeah. doesn't negotiate with you. I'm sorry. No. Why are we? Nice if why, it did. Well, yeah. Yeah. It'd be real nice. But why, why are we negotiating with these kids? Like now they don't. Not, they don't know the word no. They don't understand how no works. They don't understand consequences. Now you're going to go and try and figure out a way to get them to to graduate because apparently you don't want to have 28 more kids repeating uh, senior year again. Again, though, but 
you know, I, maybe this place is different. I don't know, but usually it's a cumulative from your 10th grade to your, your 12th grade. That's going to dictate you graduating. There were no signs at the end of 10th grade. Yeah. 11th grade, like everything's going fine up until senior year. And then it's like, nah, like they're all yeah, in my high school. In my high school, it was ninth, 10th, 11th and 12th. Yeah. I, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Mine too. So, and I know some aren't that way. Right. But, but, but for us, it, it was right. Nine through 12. So how is it that now two weeks before graduation, it's like, well, we, uh, we got 85% of these students that aren't going to graduate. Like, come on, man. I mean, you failed them for four years, apparently. Yeah. And it's only 33 kids. It's not like it's, you know, you're, you're yeah. not teaching, you know, a thousand kids. Like, well, yeah. well the school systems is overcrowded. It's overworked. Yeah. Yep. 33 kids. Nope. Work with them. Figure it out. Like, nobody knows how to. Oh, this is sad. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, and then you're going to take to Twitter. Like, why? Why are you taking to Twitter to do anything? Or shouldn't you be taking it to the students and their teachers or yeah. their, their parents and guardians? Hey, we're going to learn from this. Like, I. I yeah. Twitter. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Let's take to Twitter to tell a Twitterverse that uh hey we're gonna learn why we're this. good we're committed to excellence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't Clearly be upset with us not. the administrators of the school <laughs> that have 85 percent of the of the senior class not able to graduate don't be upset with us because we're committed to excellence yeah. did you th- did you get the anheuser-busch uh <laughs> script writers to come up with that statement <laughs> yeah we're committed we're to committed. excellence. No, I don't know about the kids. Clearly, they're not, but we are. Right. That's basically what they're saying is like, don't blame us because we're committed to excellence. It's the kids that suck. Those kids are the worst. I don't know if you've met your kids, but they're terrible. We're great, and we're doing our job the right way. What they need is Michelle Pfeiffer to come in and turn her chair around backwards. It would help. Yeah. It would help. You got to you gotta get tough with these kids. That's it. Let's wrap. Let's wrap. Yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> or honestly, I think there's a, a great uh, story. Uh, I, I thought it was a documentary. Apparently it's not. But uh, Tom Berenger starred in a movie called The Substitute. <laughs> Former Green Beret, if I'm not mistaken, who goes uh-huh, into, uh-huh. A, into a troubled yeah. inner city school. Uh, and these ne'er-do-well kids, they really weren't on a path that was going to lead them to success. No, no. And it was challenging for him. Uh, but boy, he turned it around. Now I can't say he turned it all around in one movie because it took probably six or seven. Sure. <laughs> there were a lot of sequels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, Hey, the schools continued to bring him in because they needed, they needed that, that, that Behringer touch of the substitute teacher. That's and it. he solved a lot of problems. Yeah. So, or, you know, maybe get Samuel Jackson to come in and play Russian roulette with you. <laughs> why are, why is- are why aren't more teachers playing Russian roulette with their kids to get a crop point across? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Mm. I mean, the, the point is we know that it's out there. We, know, we know, there is a model for this. And if you're choosing to not follow it, then that's on you. You deserve whatever happens to you because it's yeah. there. You've seen it modeled. It's worked. It's worked. It has worked. <laughs> and these films made millions of dollars. Millions. More than so, your school has made. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, I mean, I don't know. You're going to trust someone. Maybe trust the guy who then went on to be in the Avengers. 
Nick Fury. I mean, come on. If he's not trustworthy, who is? I think we're just, we're trying to help people that don't want to be helped. That's exactly what we're doing. But that's what yeah. we're here for. That's all we seem to do. Yeah. Try to help people that don't want to be helped. All right. What do you think? Should we move into to, uh, quick hits? You ready Let's for some it. quick hits? Let's do it. All right. It's America's favorite segment, everybody. We're going to jump into it now. Ooh, quick hits. That was anticlimactic. It didn't go off. Yeah. Ding, ding. There All right. Is. Well, no idea why. It says it's loading. <laughs> Normally, yeah. there's a there's a loud, majestic boxing bell ring uh-huh. there that uh, yeah. that goes yeah. off. But uh, it'll go off yeah. in the middle of the segment. And no one <laughs> have any idea will. what that is. <laughs> world. Are they watching a boxing match recording the show? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> oh, well. All right. No. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Quick hits. Oh, <laughs> uh, we told you from the beginning. You never know what's going to happen on the show. <laughs> really don't. We don't. <laughs> no. We well, should. We, we should honestly figure it out. Why would we expect you to if we don't? <laughs> All right. Quick hits. Okay, uh, I saw this. A better had a three-leg parlay. Uh, <laughs> he bet he cashed it out. I'm gonna spoiler alert. He cashed it out. He had a twenty-five dollar wager at plus two hundred eighty-six thousand one hundred for the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, Connecticut to win the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. And the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA championship. He cashed out a $25 wager for $122.18. So, I have not run the numbers on a $25 wager with plus 286,100 odds. I don't even know exactly how you would calculate that. Is it as simple as just saying 25 times 286,100? It can't be that easy. No, I think because, all right, so plus 100, if you bet one, you get one, right? Right. So you would get two. So then if you bet one and it's plus, oh, yeah, we'd be going here for a while. Now, how would you figure (laughs) that out? I don't know how you figure that out. So you got to maybe take off some. So. Plus 286. So if it's plus 100, I don't know. Maybe 2,861 would be your actual odds. You take off two. I'm sure people are out there like, you guys are idiots. And yeah, yes, why would you even talk correct. about this? Yeah. It's a fair question. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was throwing it into my betting calculator really quick. Odds calculator. Here we go. Did you get an odds calculator? Yes. I'm right. seeing that a $10 bet with plus 286,100 would mean that a $10 bet would pay you out $28,610. That seems low. Hold on. I'm, I might actually have uh, if this. No, no, thanks. Tell me the, all right, give me the, let's do the quick odds here. Plus 430, uh, 
bet one is four thirty. Bet two is what? Well, tell me the Connecticut one, so I don't have to keep jumping back and forth. You have uh, the, it's plus twenty six hundred. And the Denver Nuggets are plus nineteen hundred. Plus nineteen hundred. What'd you say? Uh, what What was your uh, seventy one thousand five hundred twenty five dollars? Is that what you said? No, but, but I had not done the full parlay. I'm actually calculating okay. that now. Okay. So yeah. so so that's what a twenty five dollar bet would win. It was seventy one thousand five twenty five according to uh, Action Network? Uh, their okay. Parlay. So a twenty five dollar bet would have won him seventy one thousand dollars. Yep. He cashed out for one hundred and twenty two dollars and eighteen cents. <laughs> I'm assuming that he cashed out as the first uh, as soon as the Chiefs won. Probably, probably, <laughs> yeah. So, so he literally had picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, Connecticut to win the NCAA men's basketball, and the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA championship. Ouch. An awesome bet, twenty five dollar bet would have made him seventy over seventy one thousand dollars, and he took the cash out at one hundred and twenty two dollars and eighteen cents. I mean, it's still a good return on your investment, I guess. Twenty five, <laughs> but, oh. yeah, but pays for some beers. I mean, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, good lord. I mean, I, I wouldn't you just let it, let it go to the next. I, I don't. You, I mean, if you have these convictions, right? You made the bet in them? the first place. Right? You made the bet in the first place. Like, who? It's twenty five bucks. In my mind, I'm going. Well, I'm obviously going to let it ride. I only bet twenty five dollars. Now, if I bet ten thousand dollars, and then I could get a payout of fourteen thousand dollars, maybe I go ahead with that. But right. this idea that it's like. I put down 25 bucks, bro. If you were not in a position to be able to lose $25, then you really should not be making these bets. Well, so you're clearly yeah. willing to risk that money. Let it go, man. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you know, even let's say you go to, uh, you just let it go to the second one. Right. I mean, you know, you just go to, yes. um, which is kind of 600. It's, it's, 3500 bucks yeah, instead of $122. Right. So it's like, well, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, once you get to 3000 bucks, then you're yeah. like, all right, do I really believe in the Denver Nuggets? Right, right. Maybe at that point I'm cashing out. I, I probably not. I mean, as much as I like to win and just take my money and, and go, I just... Yeah, I mean, winning 90 bucks, I guess, probably somewhere around there is what he won. Huh. Like... Yeah, I'm probably going to at least let it go to the next one. And and I don't know, I guess because college basketball is just so difficult to pick. Maybe that's maybe that's why. I don't maybe. know. Maybe uh, you'd let it go if it was. But then why even do basketball? Why not? Right. Do, if you don't like, know it or you don't sport? trust it, don't bother with it. Uh, oh, yeah. That sucks for him or her. I'm sure yeah. they are not happy. Remember our boy... <laughs> um, Evan. Evan, yeah, who didn't have the cash out option. <laughs> nope. No. Yeah. Could have won half a million dollars one game away from winning over half a million dollars. Yeah, and that was And they offered basketball. him no cash out. That yeah. was all college basketball, all the conference champions. Yeah. Picked 10 of 11 conference champions before the tournaments even started. Yep. Picked 10 of 11. Last one, the biggest favorite, is the one that lost. And the reason he was trying to cash out was because the uh, point guard was out. So he that's knew right. it. That's right. And I think that's, I think, whoever, who was he with? DraftKings or Fan It was DraftKings. Draft I think Kings. it was DraftKings. 
yeah, I think so. I guess probably they knew it too. So that's probably why they never offered them that. <laughs> that's right. Like, no, so, no, we're good here. We're good. Nah, we're comfortable. We don't. <laughs> we're gonna to. let it ride. We don't know about you, yeah. but we're gonna let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, moving on. Wickets. See how timely and punctual that bell is. Okay. Little NFL talk. Most turnovers in one score games over the past three years. This is a very important stat, right? If you're in close games, you don't want your your players having turnovers. And if you're in a close game, a one score game, the quarterbacks that are going to turn the ball over the most are the ones that are costing you the most games. There's no getting around that. So these are the guys who do presumably the worst under pressure, the most turnovers in the NFL in one score games over the past three years. We're going to start at number four with Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys, 28 turnovers in one score games in the past three years. Number three, new Saints quarterback, Derek Carr, 29 turnovers. In one score games in the past three years. Number two, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert, 30 turnovers in one score games in the past three years. So each of these last ones are one behind them, but like one between them 28, 29, then 30. The number one player in the NFL with the most turnovers in one score games over the past three years, Bills quarterback Josh Allen. 36 turnovers, 36 turnovers in one score games in the last three years. How many one score games could they have even had in the last three years for him to have 36 turnovers? So this stat uh, came to us from ESPN uh, and then via Dove. uh, Yes, our buddy Dove Uh, Kleiman put this out. I don't. I would. I need the breakdown on this because I, yeah. I don't understand. So, does this mean a uh, one-score game? It's seven nothing first quarter, right? Right. Or no is this only that, like right? I mean, it, it, there's no chance that has Josh Allen thrown thirty-six picks or had thirty-six turnovers in three years? Like, has he had more than that then? Because that seems right. like a lot of turnovers in three years. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I mean, but that's that's well over. What, that's a lot 11 it's 12, 12 a, year. a year 12 yeah. a year i mean i guess 12 turnovers 12 interceptions a year uh, i mean you know well i can I give guess, you some stats but... i can give you some stats here on on josh allen and uh, again part of it just depends on what we want to look at but if we look at last year for josh allen just last year alone we have uh okay Last year, Josh Allen threw 14 interceptions. Okay, so it's more than 12, and I'm sure he probably turned the ball over fumbles and whatever, you know, probably. Yeah, he had... Wait, this can't be right. Hang on a second. Oh, my goodness. This looks like it is a correct number. 13 fumbles lost last year. Five, I'm oh, sorry, 13 fumbles, five fumbles lost, okay. five fumbles recovered. That's but still 13 a lot, fumbles. 
13, that's something. I mean, you're almost looking at one a game at that point, yeah. right? I mean, you're not that yeah. far away from one a game. I mean, you know, it's not, but geez, 13 oh, wow. out of 17 games, you are, yep. if you played all 17, I think you did, but 13 out of 17 games, you are fumbling the ball. Looks like he played 16 games. He's listed 16. here for playing 16 games. So 13 fumbles in 16 games for Josh Dang. Allen last year. Dang. Yeah, I, I would need to see the breakdown on this because it just, uh, I mean, that I think they want you to believe that that's like fourth quarter game right, on crunch the line, time, but yeah. clearly not because, I mean, the Bills won, what, 12 games last year? 11, 12, 13 yeah, games last year, right? I mean, I don't even know anymore, but um, so clearly that can't be the case, but that's, that's hot. What does that say? I mean, they're all quarterbacks, so, I mean, it, it's... Clearly, they all have the ball in their hands. They're all heavy passing. I don't know about Derek Carr, but yeah, I don't know. That's a wild stat, man. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, but you look at that, who don't you see on that list? Someone that throws the ball 40, 45 times yep. a game, Patrick Mahomes. You don't see him on that list. Uh, no Joe, Joe Burrow. No Joe Burrow on that list. You don't see uh, Lamar Jackson on that list. I mean, you yeah. know, you can go to kind of go down that line. So it's got to mean something. But that's that's wild. I don't. I, I would. Yeah, I, I would uh, love to see what that is. I mean, how many of those are you know strip sacks, um, right? Blown coverage, blown. You know, uh, but yeah, I don't know what to make of that stat. I really don't. It's a lot. No, I agree. I agree with you. I don't either because in looking like just and we're only looking at Josh Allen right now because he's the the worst, I guess, the most turnovers in, yeah. in one score games. But when I look at his uh, interceptions, he has thrown double digit interceptions every season but one. And that one he threw nine. So he had 12 in 2018. He had. Oh, shoot. Sorry, just went off of it here. Uh, 12 in 2018, 9 in 2019, 10 in 2020, 15 in 2021, 14 in 2022. So, I mean, the guy has thrown 60 interceptions in five seasons. So he's good for 12 picks a year, 12 right. or 13, uh, plus the fumbles. So, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. That's it, it's, it's kind of fascinating when you look at a Josh Allen, like, Hmm, okay, well, what's, <laughs> what, 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 what can be done about any of these things? I mean, if you look at, uh, well, I guess they only said the last three years. So, so I don't need to go back. I was, I was just automatically going back to like 2018, like the earliest of what they, what they showed for him. But, uh, to try to get an idea on his, you know, fumbles and things like that. Yeah. Cause he, if I, so we talked about his fumbles in 2022, Josh Allen fumbles in 2021. He had eight fumbles. Okay. So he had 13 were? last year, eight the year before. How many were lost the year before? Uh, sorry, I'm already off of it. No, nah, it doesn't matter, but. Still, yeah, I don't know what you, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that stat. It has to mean something. I just don't know what it means. Yeah, he had nine the year before that. And so you do have to look at that. Yeah. And say, hmm, okay, what's going on now? Some of this is just because Josh Allen's a guy who tries hard to make something happen. He doesn't give up on plays. Yeah. 
But I, I happen to be right now, I'm looking at his 2020 season, nine fumbles, six of those nine were lost. Hmm. So, you know, there's there's some issues there. In 2021, to answer your question about his fumbles, eight fumbles that particular year, only three of eight were lost, but still almost half of them. Yeah, so I think that's got to be, I mean, anything less than 40% is probably an anomaly. I mean, you get the ball stripped, uh, yeah. chances are you're going to lose it. I mean, if you're not, I think it's just a, it's just an anomaly because I mean, that ball bounces anyway. Could yeah. hit off a shin. It could, you know, just bounce and take a weird carom and go this way, that way. So yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah I don't know this. I, I don't, the stat bothers me. I just don't, because I just don't know what to make of it. I really don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it means because clearly the bills still win a lot of games. And Josh True. Allen is always in that running, at least beginning of the year, halfway through the season for MVP. So I don't yeah. know. But I mean, it does make you wonder is, is this contributing to why they're not going further? Is this contributing to why they haven't won a Super Bowl? Is this contributing to why he is in the MVP conversation in the first half of the year? But then when the season goes on, he seems to drop out of a lot of those conversations. So it's possible. Yeah. Don't know. But something to but also, uh, keep an eye on at least. Also, Herbert is the up and coming, you know, next yeah. version of, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, as well. But Aaron Rodgers, I can tell you, doesn't throw interceptions a whole lot. So very true. Very yeah. true. Ah, weird stat, man. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll move on past it and come up with some stats that might be more to your liking. Quick hits. <clears throat> uh, you know, look, so we talked the other oh, last week, week before, whatever it was, about LeBron and what LeBron's been able to do by just being in the league for so long. So while the uh, Lakers are out uh, of the NBA playoffs, they won't be playing in the championship this year. I thought this was pretty fascinating. In 2013, LeBron James was 28 years old. He won the MVP that season. This past season, LeBron was 38 years old. And I want to compare stats for you between LeBron's MVP season of 2013 when he was 28 and this past season when he was 38. MVP season, 26.8 points per game. Last season, 30.2 points per game. MVP season, 57% on field goals. Last season, 51% on field goals. MVP season, eight rebounds a game. Last season, eight and a half rebounds a game. MVP season, 7.3 assists per game. Last season, 7.1 assists per game. MVP season, 37.9 minutes per game. Last season, 36.4 minutes per game. LeBron almost had an MVP quality season this past year at 38 years old. Now we know he would not have been the actual MVP over, you know, uh, well, it was Embiid should have been Jokic. Um, but still that is incredible to look at the fact that he had more points per game and more rebounds and almost as many minutes and assists last year at 38 years old, as he did in 2013 when he was 28 years old. So when we talk about that longevity and what he's been able to put together, I mean, this guy is having at 38 years old, 
he's having seasons that guys will never have in their entire career, never have half of that season in their entire career. Great players have never had half that season in their best year. And he's doing it at 38. So I don't know what the guy's doing. I don't know what he's doing other than yeah. getting a lot of sleep and uh, <laughs> doing things the right way, hopefully, but whatever it is, it's working, man. You can't take that away from him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I guess good on him. I don't know. I don't know much to, to add to that. It seems like it's probably you a do hate LeBron. higher. <laughs> you do hate you some LeBron. <laughs> I mean, you know, you figure the he's probably much more higher volume of uh, shooting because they literally don't have any anyone that age twenty eight season. You know, he's playing with Wade and he's playing with um, uh, Bosch. So I mean, yeah. you know, a lot more. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Good for him, man. That's it's impressive. I mean, as soon as that uh, season ended, and now he's been playing with a foot injury for. Uh, all year so he even did that yeah on a apparently a, a broken foot or you know something so <laughs> something good good for him so yeah now he's throwing out uh hints that he might be retiring he's not retiring we already talked about that he's not giving no, up 97 dollars even if he's worth a billion you're still not giving up you know just not going to give the lakers no. 97 million dollars for free no. i'm sorry uh, you're there's no reason to that so he's no. clearly still playing at a high level like yes. these people that say like, oh, you could really see how he was starting to hit the wall in the playoffs. Well, yeah. Like, how would he not be? I mean, what? like who wouldn't be? Take out the fact that he's 38 years old. <laughs> he right. played one minute per game less than he played at 28 when he won the MVP. LeBron played one minute less this last season than he played in 2013 when he was MVP. So of course he's tired at the end of it. If the, if the Lakers could put anyone else around him, he wouldn't have to be so tired. Again, I'm going to float Damian Lillard out there. Please. No, (laughs) Please. I mean, those are the two places, man, make the most sense to me for Damian Lillard. It's Miami and it's LA. And I don't think either team can probably make the deal happen, but that's who needs to be going after. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe Anthony Davis for Lillard. Uh, maybe you're, 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 you're considering that, but yeah, I mean, Jared Vanderbilt and, and the likes aren't gonna again, move any yeah. needles, good role players, good, uh, you know, good, good, um, you know, situational type players, but yeah, you're not moving the needle in that situation, but no, I, I mean, I, I give LeBron a lot of grief. Um, and I, and I think for good reason, um, he would just let us, <laughs> Just let his own game speak for itself. Uh, I it, I'd be fine, but I mean it's yeah, it's impressive. Uh, it's it's definitely impressive. And you remember they started out what two and ten this year, so it's been a yeah. fight and a struggle just to get to the playoffs. So yeah, he I'm sure he did wear down by the end of the year. So um, no, who wouldn't? Yeah, who wouldn't uh, in that situation? Uh, yeah, Michael Jordan. <laughs> but well, we can pull up Jordan stats at thirty eight, but. <laughs> You could do so. I, I doubt we'd. I doubt we'd want to see him. <laughs> Still average right. thirty points per game for his career. So, right. man, I was so scared too, though. I was so scared when we were right. playing on that, that wizard team. Like, man, just you knew it was going to end up at like twenty nine point nine or something. Is exactly. Please stop playing. Please stop. Playing. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking speaking of uh, players sticking around and winning, uh, another little quick hit. Kevin Love has reached the finals every single time he's been in the playoffs. He has never made the playoffs and not made the finals. He's never gotten bounced out of the playoffs. Every time that Kevin Love has made the playoffs, he has made the finals. So he's either not made the playoffs or been in the finals. Been in the finals. (laughs) So he went there how many times? It's only been with the Cavs. No. Yeah. Because he was in Minnesota. Clearly, they didn't make the finals ever. So it had to be all with Cleveland and then now with Miami. So what is that? I don't, I don't even know how many times Cleveland made it to the finals. With uh, that's with what him. I'm I'm looking up right now. I want to say four times, three times. I, yeah. So he's made Two the playoffs lost. four times. Okay. So yeah, and he's made it to the finals every time and has won one championship. So it had to be three. So he's made it to the playoffs four times. He's been to the finals four times. (laughs) Not bad. (laughs) No, not bad. Not bad. Good for him. Yeah. And one. There you go. Little, little quick shot there. Right. He's only one at one time then, I guess. Yeah. Only one time. Yeah. Yeah. Underrated player. And then very underrated player for his career. Yeah. Very That's quiet. true. He's Did, really. Do you even know what his voice sounds like? I don't know if I've <laughs> ever heard Kevin Love speak. <laughs> you could play a clip of Kevin Love speaking, and I promise you I would not know it was Kevin Love speaking. Right. <laughs> Probably right. Yeah, I wouldn't know it. I would have no idea. Now, you maybe if he said, talk, like, hi, this is Kevin Love, then maybe I'd be like, <laughs> wait a minute. Is that, that, that voice sounds is familiar that... to me. I feel like that... Was that Kevin Love? Love? That probably wasn't the geek Kevin Love. (laughs) Probably not. Couldn't be. (laughs) Or I just wouldn't be listening to the intro and then be like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who the heck am I listening to? Um, All right. So uh, one thing here, I guess, before we, uh, well, I'm pretty well ready to wrap it up. I got one last thing, but before we do, do you have anything else you wanted to touch on? No, man. Got a lot of new folks listening to us. Uh, lots and lots of new new people with us. So uh always like to give them a shout out. We're happy you're here. We appreciate you checking yes. us out. Yeah, definitely. Got a lot of good stuff uh, coming ahead for you. So we're excited to see what's going to happen. So um, we always like to end the show off on just a little, I don't know, a little story, a little trivia, a little interesting fact, whatever the case may be. Uh, so I have one here that, uh, that we can end with tonight. And this is, this is just more a little bit of history. You know, we talk all the time about progress and inflation and how things have changed and all of these things. So I thought I would give a little frame of reference to that. In 1946, a new car costs roughly $1,125. The average income for American families was $2,600. The federal minimum wage was 40 cents. The average home in America in 1946 cost $5,150. A movie ticket 
1946 was 55 cents. And a first class U.S. postage cost three cents. Out of those things, does any one of them jump out at you as incredibly surprising or weird? Because there's one in particular for me that I just thought it really it really surprised me. Hmm. Any one of those jump out at you? I mean, the fact that a, a movie ticket costs more than uh, your minimum wage, that 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 seems uh, <laughs> kind of crazy. 55 cents That's to true. see a movie, so you'd literally have to work more than an hour to, uh, to see a movie. <laughs> but no, what, what's... Uh... The surprising one to me is that a new car costs roughly half of the average income for an American family. So we think today about, you know, all oh, cars are so expensive. You just spend 50, 60 grand on a car. But really, I don't know that that has fallen off the pace that much differently than what it ever was. Like everything was cheaper, right? So a car was only a thousand dollars. Oh, that's crazy. You, you know, you spend 60 grand on a car now and it used to be a thousand dollars. Yeah, but you make a hundred thousand now when you used to make twenty six hundred dollars. So this, like, I do feel like they've actually moved in parallel a lot more than I would have thought they they would have. I really thought it would have been cars were cheap, but, you know, like cars were cheap also in relation to income, but they weren't. Cars have always been very expensive relative to income. So I think sometimes people make these arguments about cars getting so expensive and how are we even going to keep up with inflation and all these things. But honestly, when you look at this from 1946, most of these things have actually moved kind of in lockstep with, you know, with overall uh, income increases. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the home, I, I, you know, it's crazy too, that a home was only four times the price of a car as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, so then you would look at that and say, that's where it's gone out of whack, right? Housing has gone crazy yeah. because if you think of a car as 60 grand, four times that, I mean, that's only 240, even if we round up and say 250 grand, not buy many houses for 250,000, you know, no matter days, where you live no. in the country, right, certainly not exactly. where we live, but in almost anywhere, right. you're not going to get that. Yeah. That's, so housing that has wrong. definitely, you know, housing's the, the kicker out, but, the, but everything else is kind of like, it, it's sort of gone in line pretty well. Yeah, and then you even think of the housing. Like, what was like a home interest rate in 1946? It might have been right. 20, 25 percent at that point. Too. Probably very so, high. You know, and now it, you know we complain now that it's you know seven percent. Yeah, but if it's at 25 percent, that may not be that far off either. So, yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, you know, of course, you'd love to. Have those prices now, but the, <laughs> do you imagine now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Well, I, I looked it up really quickly just to see in the now, apparently, rates really went crazy in the 70s. I do prior to that, rates taken off pretty crazily. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to that, it wasn't really. It, there there wasn't a, as much regulation in mortgages. So Freddie Mac started tracking 30-year fixed rate mortgage rates in April of 1971. So that's kind of the, the info that we have. But in the 70s, 
rates were basically between seven and a half, basically 7.3 and 7.5. So the whole decade of the 70s, mortgage interest rates were around seven and a half percent. In the 80s, they started at about seven and a half, but by the end of the decade, they were at almost 10%. In the 90s, they started a little over 10%, but they actually went down to about 8%. In the 2000s, they dropped from 8% to about 5%. 2010s from 5% to a little over 3.5%. And then the 20s, they started at 3.72% and then to whatever they are today. So really, where we've seen since the 90s, mortgage interest rates have been dropping decade after decade after decade. This was the first time that we've actually started to see the swing back. The swing back, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So... Anyway, I just thought that was kind of a little interesting uh, thing to talk about there. Yeah. That's it. Anything else to add before we wrap her up? No, that's it, man. All right. Well, we have entertained the world. We want to thank our global audience for uh, checking us out, both on YouTube, on the podcast, wherever you see us. Uh, content is growing on different platforms. The Army grows every day. Again, thank you all for for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to us. And uh, we're happy to entertain you. We will try to keep up the good work and we look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks, everybody. See you. Good night.